0: <laughs>
1: season today I wore, uh, i've worn a
2: i've worn my cape of empowerment today because uh corporate lunch is back will welch is back hey sam hein is back hey rachel is back um thanks for coming on will we know you're you're a busy guy oh stop uh episode 84 of corporate lunch we've done this 84 beautiful times for you in the corporate tower of content Mm -hmm. and it feels better every time
1: feels good to be home
2: um we were we were as we do just chatting about getting dressed yep uh a primary topic basically a daily concern the point of my job basically my entire (laughs) career (laughs) the very simple thing that everyone does that my career is based upon um but uh it's sort of uh, in the spirit of classic corporate lunch and just like the conversation the four of us could have forever it's like
1: trying to get fabrics onto the body
2: yeah what are you thinking about when you when you walk into your uh four hundred square foot walk-in closet and go through the racks <laughs> towers of footwear
3: I gotta say it's 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 harder than ever is it harder than ever i yeah. have
1: been I've been feeling like I step to the closet every morning and I'm like can't just wear jeans and a sweater can't yeah. just wear jeans. Why, can't just w-
0: enters your mind that you would ever wear jeans in a <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
1: it's there's sometimes there's an impulse, yeah. Like, I, God, it would, sure would be nice to just put on jeans and a shirt, but I can't do that. And then I kind of look down, because there's like a shirts tier, and then I look down and there's a suits tier, and I'm like, oh, God, I don't know about all that either. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I have found myself in recent months just searching Searching for the feeling, searching for the middle ground. Yeah. You know what is perpetually in my head? Mm. Um, you know that Kanye line, uh, downtown, touching fabrics, trying to find the magic? <laughs> 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 that is every morning. At, at the closet, touching fabrics, trying <laughs> to find the magic. And uh, I, like Sam, have just been, well, it's not that it's hard. It's just that it, like, it. The, there's not an easy, I feel like there's not an easy solution right now. Yeah. That just being too casual just feels like whack and lame and over. There was a moment where it was like, yeah, I'm the editor in chief of GQ, and I just like put on some stupid <laughs> shit and, and walked into the and walked into the like the you know the very like sh- gleaming corporate tower, I just love like that moment. yeah, whatever. Yeah, that was
2: my favorite moment.
1: Like double XL online ceramics and some Levi's and and some RTH to Levi's and call it a day, and that's just not the moment. So I don't know about you guys, but it's the daily search for the magic.
2: Sam Hine has a good, uh, Sam can kind of, this is a compliment, but you can kind of like ricochet back and forth from one to the other pretty seemingly (laughs) effortlessly.
3: Yeah, I think I established a a baseline of dressing sort of more formally when I I arrived here. We sort of talked about this in the last episode a little bit. Um, I feel like the daily decision always has to take place in like the context of what you wore the day before and like what you oh, what people point. expect you to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more like room you create for yourself, the more you can sort of
2: play around. Either upending expectations or playing directly into mm-hmm. them in the mo- in the way that's going to just really satisfy the fans. Yeah, exactly. a long time. I like the, people, I like the
1: idea of, of like. Standing at the closet every morning, just like, what am I gonna do to him today? <laughs> <laughs> which, yo, which way are we taking him? Which way am I taking him today? Rachel, where are you at? This is this is not a uh, this is not a capital M menswear thing.
0: I actually have felt like, and I don't know if it's because of the moment or because of my age, since I'm now in my 30s, but I feel like I don't want to wear, like, crazy stuff as much. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to get rid of anything I have, but I used to put on, like, three crazy things at once, and now I'm like, I got to take off <laughs> Two one. crazy yeah. It just looks better if I yeah. have two or one, yeah. even one yeah. crazy thing. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm in my 30s. I must express dignity.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Two
1: batshit pieces at a time. Yeah. I endorse it. Well, you're also a master of wearing
2: normal things in batshit ways. That's true. Such as true. a sweater over a Patagonian fleece, as you did mm-hmm. today. Um, Cardigan skirt. People <laughs> are, just to, to do the scientific survey of the GQ office, people will be wearing suits in the office lately, huh? Yeah. John, oh, yeah. John Tietz's oh, yeah. influence is only growing stronger. Uh,
1: Teats is really coming into his own in so out, many ways.
2: Shout out Charlie Heaton and um, that whole shoot he did, which he sort of.
1: If you've not seen the 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 John Teats styling on Charlie Heaton of Stranger Things in the March issue and on GQ.com in perpetuity, do yourself a favor. The f- the fits are. It is expressive.
2: Fantastic, and I don't maybe it's sort of wrong to say this because it's not something that we commonly do. Although Mobalaji does this a little bit, but like it was a little like. Not Teets creating an image of him himself by any means, but he definitely used a lot of styling that Teets is also employing on his own person lately. In terms of a bit more tailored, a bit retro ties, those like kind of like classic vintage looking codes, not like full Gucci territory, but
1: yeah. Well, one thing I've noticed is that people, and I think it has to do with us doing like a big Supreme story and all this stuff, but there has been some sort of like secondary reflection of what we've been doing coming back to us that's like, oh, it's really it's in touch with like streetwear and what the kids are wearing and all this stuff. But I think if you look at what we've been doing with the styling, with the fashion in the magazine as led by Mobology, Dawadu, our fashion director, it's all based in tailoring. And I think it's actually really cool. People have been – the the feeling is that GQ is doing this, like, really cool, fresh, surprising, young thing that feels almost like – it's almost like they perceive it as more street yeah. But if you actually go photo by photo, like, everything is rooted in Taylor. Yeah.
2: And you're not really seeing too much that's, like – that fits into what I think people – Like define as streetwear, like like you know hoodies and I don't know track pants.
1: If if I were like mobilaji like how about a hoodie for? I mean, he would just quit. Yeah, he would uh, he would go home.
2: Yeah, and that's a that I would say it's a pretty fair representation of just like where style is at generally. I mean, so often it's men's style is put into this like binary right where there's there's streetwear which is the young trend, also a very coded word that can mean lots of different things, like just what rappers wear without any real thought into what that is. And then there's suiting, which is somehow like grown up and expensive and based on tradition and like sophistication and never the twain shall meet. It's just like these these are the two things that happen you're either one or the other and once you align with one or the other you're stuck there and you have to represent like that whole category somehow
1: well what one thing that was interesting at being at the the shows especially in paris in january for this season was it feels like the fashion world like the designers are doing their equivalent of standing at their closet being like which way am i going here yeah and um Virgil's Louis Vuitton collection was basically all suits. Mm-hmm. And then Matt Williams, who his Alix collection, um, which is usually like really stripped down, minimalist, dark, black, you know, like leather pants with big boots and a really sleek black jacket. There was a shirt, a white shirt and a black tie with, I think, every look, yeah, it's- men's and women's. And so, but, but I found myself kind of scratching my head thinking like, okay, we're all, we're all sort of in some sort of agreement that the it's time to move on from like sneaker culture, the, the the just dominance of sneaker culture and all that means throughout like the rest of the wardrobe and, and fashion collections. But what I don't think is the answer is as you're saying, Noah, that there's just like a xy axis and the pendulum swings a binary axis and the pendulum just swings back and forth so like oh are we getting bored of like um stuff being too casual well let's all pull out our suits with our shirts ties and pocket squares and i especially think with if you think about the like people in their 20s that kind of have recently at least in in the last maybe even 10 years been driving what's happening on the runways they don't give a shit about like pendulum going back to suiting yeah, yeah they don't know about suits they don't care about suits yeah so there has to be a third way which is like also what i find myself you know casting about for touching fabrics trying to find the magic <laughs> in the morning <laughs> i'm looking for the third way man
2: yeah i i believe in what i think is sort of the helmet lying school of streetwear which is something i've kind of made up i couldn't find him like quoted on this but you know he didn't he wasn't referencing fashion, and he was making clothes for people to wear on the street. That's why yeah. he remains the greatest and most referenced designer, and that's why that's kind of the beginning of streetwear. I want Rachel to uh, correct my fashion. Come in before. with the real knowledge. <laughs> correct my fashion history, but that's why Supreme is obsessed with helmet length. That's, and I also think it's the Ralph um, Lauren polo sort exactly. of uh, sort of way. It's clothes that aren't for an occasion, so it's it's not for a sport and it's not for the evening, wh- whatever those things mean. And
1: From the boardroom to the ballroom. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's clothes
1: for wearing it's, by a human person.
2: It's everything. And um, I always you know and tailoring was a part of it and cowboy boots are a part of it, it. and yes. a dress
1: shirt is a part of it. That's and why the tie comes and goes. Supreme's and a, a had suits. T shirt.
2: Like Supreme's been selling suits since the mid two thousands, I think. I mean not as a core part of what they do, but there's always one there. Maybe starting with Adam Kimmel, maybe is that before that what those that. kids are lining up for? Tom Brown and Supreme was, you know, many, many, many years ago. Yeah, of course, it's not. It's a tiny piece. It's not what they're known for. I just think it's worth pointing out. It's there, which is why you're like, oh, Virgil and Matt Williams and now um, Jerry Lorenzo, who I think we'll talk about in a second with Xenia, they're all like going, going hard on suits. And I'm just kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, now they've got the resources, production, funding to do it. Why wouldn't they? Um, Hood by Air did it. You know what I mean? Like Shane Oliver, the, the, the originator of all that, that whole wave um, ended up going that way. So it's, it's not just like some novel hybrid thing. I think it's like totally baked into the whole idea from the beginning.
0: Also, I just don't think that, like, fundamentally we live in a conservative time in terms of, like, how people are dressing. Which is to say, like, I don't think that people are like, whoa, this is getting too crazy. we got (laughs) to scale back to, like, what my dad was wearing (laughs) 30 years Mm -hmm. ago. I think it's like, like, if you look at the kinds of suits that we're talking about, they're, like, really expressive and they're, like, fun and there's, like, energy in them that you wouldn't necessarily see in the kinds of, like, traditional, like, Italian and British suiting that we may have you know our dads might have worn and something. even
1: so i don't think it's what the like the game is missing yeah you know what i yeah. mean yeah it's like well i'm excited to see what the Jer- jerry lorenzo so jerry lorenzo of fear of god is they've announced a collaboration with Zenya and alessandro satori who is the you know creative director of Zenya um and there was a business of fashion piece on just announcing the collaboration and jerry said a sharper i think version of what i was saying when people were asking me what i thought about various shows in paris which was he was like the the answer is not just going back to suiting but there's a way to do beautiful elegant zegna level tailoring in a way that is new and exciting and that people want to wear right now and in fact jerry who is like a has become one of actually the street style favorites in paris He's a designer, but he's based in LA. He doesn't do fashion shows. So he goes to all the fashion shows and gets shot going in. He gets shot every day. He will wear like sweatpants, an inside out double XL t shirt, and then like a beautiful, oversized, tailored top coat.
2: Yeah.
0: Can I read the quote because I really? Please, it. I it's much better than it my paraphrase. Um, so he says, "Like I strongly believe, there's a gap between what's happening culturally in streetwear and tailoring. It's extreme to go from hoodie and sweats to a perfectly tailored suit tomorrow. There's a place in between that speaks to both languages: easiness, relaxation, tailoring without compromise."
1: I mean, Which I love let's just that. all go home for yeah. the day. <laughs> uh, this is like, a,
0: like a, in some sense, like
2: the perfect collaboration, right? It's like the collaborations need to both parties in a collaboration assuming there are two both need to do something that they you know have access to or create something that they couldn't otherwise do yep. themselves that's that's it that's what makes a good collaboration that's what makes a collaboration correct if it doesn't do that it's just well it can a be licensing it, can, project. it can be fun yeah it's yeah. exactly it's just a a licensing deal and I, mean, I think, but that's... to be
1: clear, we 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 feel like all the signs are that it's going to be good. Jerry said exactly the right, right. thing. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense that's on paper. Mean. Yes, like zenium has the bet. You know, some of the, they they produce some of the best uh, fabrics in the world. Have some of the best factories. Alessandro Sartori really knows what he's doing when he's coming to tailoring. Jerry brings this perspective that Rachel just read and like a real connection to what people actually want to wear and hopefully. There's going to be some magic. It will be very funny after after all <laughs> this. If it's just a yeah. complete brick, <laughs> we're speaking. We're, we're, this, is, this
2: is a conceptual.
1: Jerry <laughs> Alessandro, we've got very high hopes.
2: Well, they're they're showing it in Paris on March second, which is five days probably from probably the, no. the day many of you are listening to this Jerry, podcast. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Jerry also um, has been posted. He's been wearing some of it um, and yeah. posting on his Instagram. And there's one. Does it look fly? There's some sort of. I figured if it was like a a tailored top coat type thing um, or trench coat that is it's black and on the back it just says Xenia just has a Xenia logo it's super sick actually that's pretty good Xenia's never made
1: anything like that yeah Uh, Xenia Xenia not known for its logos
2: I also like in that in this Tim Blanks article they talk about sizing up the clothes which is it was just like a small detail but it's like the 48 fits bigger than a 48 and it's like uh and Jerry said something smart about just like having it be roomier and how that feels like fresh and cool which I think is on point and it can be hard, I think, to talk to a experienced uh, traditional tailor about that that idea of sizing up. I've been to tailors with suits that are size too big for me, and just tried to explain like I want it to kind of be loose, but I also need it to be cleaned up a bit. And it's a really hard conversation. They're like, to "What have. do you mean it's wrong?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're yeah. like, "This is this is not your size. This needs way too much work. We're gonna have to like you know." So. Uh, I imagine Jerry, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, I think Xenia probably was, had to figure out some shit, and I also think it's extremely cool, because Jerry says in there, like, I don't know anything about suiting, I don't know how to make a suit, so here's a start. You know, like, I imagine that this could lead to Jerry making, m- figuring out a way to do tailoring for Fear of God. I mean, that's another thing that often comes from, like, successful collaborations, is is people sort of learn a little something and then take it and do it.
1: Banked knowledge. Yeah. Because... Yeah,
2: I mean, he's spending time like in these ateliers or or tailoring rooms or what have you, factories, and probably seeing, maybe for the first time, certainly for the first time with him as a as a designer on the project, how suits are made at the highest level. So, Fear of God is now like a Seville row brand, is what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> um, so, Rachel, Noah, Sam, what have you guys been? What has the answer been uh, to the morning closet conundrum of late? I'm not going to go first. Sam doesn't Sam's not scared. Sam, what <laughs> have you been, what have you been wearing? Um Sam is like a walking fit check. Yeah.
3: I have actually been I have been like embracing the jeans and the sweaters. Um but I've been wearing uh, a couple pairs of flare jeans which I'm into. I'm just I just want to, you know, like I I'm just not that interested in wearing um like the standard Levi's fit that I've been that I was rocking with for a long time, um, and that everyone like should rock with because it just looks good. Um, so I have a pair of Celine flares and a pair of Le flare jeans that I'm just like super into.
1: So it's like take what's basic and mm-hmm. take it out for a walk. Yeah, and it feels
3: like a little it feels like uh, a little bit more formal to me because they're both creased
1: i imagine like really dramatic music playing when sam steps to the closet in the morning yeah like it's all got to be yeah or like maybe jock jams like the crowd just goes going wild sorry
3: what about you rach But sorry, one more thing. I I also (laughs) he's not done. He's not done. Sam, let's get into it. Uh, I'm just. I think I've said this before, but but I'm just really into um, wearing clothes made by people that I'm friends with and like and respect. And that's a flex. uh, I like to just like buy stuff that you know where I know the people who make it and like I know where it's coming from and I know you know, like intimately the thought process behind it. And like your boys,
1: Hetty and Kristoff, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, like, <laughs> so I just text Hetty, and I'm like, my man. Flare. <laughs> flare me out dog.
3: Um, and I think that that's such a satisfying way to dress that is, is it doesn't have anything to do with silhouette or, um, style necessarily, but
1: yeah, it's, it's like, about the soul of the garment. It's government. like walking support the homies. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Rachel, let's get into it.
0: Okay. Well, one resource that I've discovered recently is this, um, instagram account what mucia wore (laughs) wow insta follow (laughs) like that's really changed a lot of things for me because she she dresses in a, a super cool way yeah the best that is like um much more personal than the styling that we see on the runway i mean i read this there was like a kathy horn did her like review of prada Um, or wasn't a review of Prada, but she was like talking about Prada in the beginning of this like review earlier this week. And she was like, Muccia Prada's collections are always autobiography. And I was like, okay, that's really interesting. But you can see like something even more personal in the way that she styles stuff. And so like I saw this photo of her, I think this is from five or six years ago where she was wearing like a fleece, obviously Prada, but like a fleece, you know, half zip. And like a very bourgeois kind of uh like paisley prada knife pleat skirt and like that just sounded so awesome yeah
1: bourgeois paisley knife pleat (laughs) prada skirt
0: um and i and then of course these like you know sparkly sort of classic prada kitten heels and i really liked that mixture of fancy stuff and sporty stuff so that's what i've been trying to go for
1: amazing success
0: I think so. Do you have do you have <laughs> the tools?
1: Do you have the tools in the toolbox?
0: Well, I think the key is like expensive pants or like formal formal pants or skirt. Yeah. And then like casual top. So it could be like a sweatshirt, it could be like a fleece, but, and then expensive shoes. The shoes have to be expensive or yeah. the whole thing is like <laughs> over oh, <okay. laughs> I, I completely agree. But
1: but you have the t- you have the tools at your disposal to find yeah. this mix. You didn't have to like go add three things. No. Yeah, I mean yeah, I yeah. did
0: steal some shoes from my mom actually. Perfect. Yeah smart
2: i gotta say on my side a little bit of um like disorientation and confusion because winter never came in new york i'm super been trippy yeah Yeah. weather is super important to me as a human on (laughs) earth (laughs) uh it it makes a big difference you know like i i bike to work you know like i get dressed every every as everyone should for the weather not the season nobody
1: has ever said to noah johnson do you live in la
2: yeah no i'm a hard uh four season guy
3: yeah some people build their outfits around their footwear Noah does it around his shawls <laughs> <Which> shawl
2: <does laughs> <I wear right laughs> no but I mean it like it's created some uh some uh, it over the past few weeks some confusion about what to wear because there's like the overcoat thing is sort of out the heavy knits are sort of out and those are things I would have been counting on yeah um but also with Rach I sort of think the pant the pant is just where I always begin Mm-hmm
1: um same actually and i think but but i also think
2: that speaks to this whole in a way it speaks to like the binary we're talking about because the the pant is the like (laughs) is the thing that i think sort of explodes it in a way you know what i mean because you can wear like a pleated creased pant and that sets a whole tone and then you can build Mm -hmm. on that and it can go in any direction um i also
1: i also think that no that none of this like None of the writing and talking that's being done about this is like dealing with the the primacy of pants. Yeah. Everybody's like is it sneakers? Is it a is it a suit jacket basically? Yeah. And it's like you guys you just scanned right over the most important thing where it all begins. Totally. And it- you jumped from the feet to the torso instead of focusing on the legs.
2: And I think um
1: this is a le- this is a pants focused podcast. Always. always has been. Always, always. always has.
2: 84 been. episodes in still talking about <laughs> pants. Yeah. Uh and kind of only pants. <laughs> um, <laughs> um well, occasional knife-pleated skirt. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Skirts count. But you ain't pants.
1: gonna you ain't gonna hear us do an hour of content about motherfucking sneakers. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Skirts are pants. It's true. Skirts are are <laughs> are pants that have been yeah. <laughs> It's half w- a pant, let That's
3: out. really wide Rachel,
1: I really like your let out pants today
3: <laughs> <laughs> Damn, should I wear my uh, my around skirt, skirt yes. to the party on Sunday?
1: Yes Although I think last time I saw you and it was also at the Boomer Room, so maybe not Those were the shorts, yeah The short version Splitting hairs
2: Did you guys read and enjoy um, Vanessa Freeman's Virgil Abloh's The New Carl Lagerfeld or the whatever mm.
0: it's called
3: um the millennial car the car lagerfeld for millennials amazing
0: how mad people got about it. yeah it was people really crazy. interesting people
2: got furious I, I she made a good point i think i don't know if, maybe it's in the story where she said it's it's too soon both since uh lagerfeld's death and since virgil's appoint, I, appointment to 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 make the claim and i think that's what people are feeling this
1: but. is actually i'm this, i'm this is actually not like shade or a diss towards vanessa friedman because i think she's doing a good job at her job which is like publishing a piece that's going to get the people going revved up and talking yeah but there there's something a little bit if if i may off if i if i may offer like a gentle critique to the critic there was something a little bit disingenuous about the whole project for the lead was about how people spend too much time comparing virgil to people yeah and then she compared virgil to carl Lagerfeld because she knew that it would get the people going yeah and then when it got the people going and people tweeted tweet, tweeted at her like yo i'm revved up yeah she was like that was the idea and i'm <laughs> like there's something so circular about the yeah. whole thing which is like the she did it to do the thing that people then did and then Rather said that's why she case. did it yeah and i was like well i don't feel respectfully and thank you for this content that got all of us worked up yeah. like I'm, I'm always down for that That's what we're here for but respectfully like the the snake ate its tail and, like, nothing changed. Yeah, that's a super. I didn't deal. learn anything. Yeah. It was just like, it was a, it felt like an exercise and, and like media mongering.
2: I also couldn't quite figure out why, sh- why it was happening right now. Yeah, I like, was, was there. Was there, yeah. Yeah. It was kind that of a too. weird, like, out of nowhere. I, it's like we're in the middle of fashion week. There's other stuff to,
1: yeah, cause, like, off whites today. Talk about, like, I, I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I felt like there was something, um, disingenuous and cynical about the whole project I think it also but at the same time respect
0: a major uh, reality which is like to people under the age of 25 they're like who's Carl Lagerfeld (laughs) yeah Yeah. Virgil is the so, like designer celebrity who i know about but like, i think I that
3: that you know the point that she made that i thought was interesting was that we've created like the audience that like sort of receives virgil work has like created this um this this, this, created... this um the... context that like has made virgil sort
1: of appear to be to them like this carl lagerfeld like figure but to your point uh, they also don't wrong. know who is. virgil created that audience yeah, yeah. we didn't create virgil yeah. that is like that is twisted that is f- actually fucked up. Now I'm actually getting worked up. <laughs> she wins again. <laughs> She's still God winning. God damn it. In the <laughs>
2: end, yeah. I felt like she just had a bunch of stuff she wanted to say about Virgil like it was kind of and it was relevant I suppose to the argument she was attempting to make, but she kind of like it felt like a couple times went out of her way to say that she didn't think he was a very good designer, which Or you know. but she
1: kind of had other people say it for her. Yeah. I, The the reason I thought that that piece was a total wash is because it did it did not make me and I actually don't believe it made anybody else have a new thought. No new thinking went into it or came out of it. Yeah. And and like the you know the Virgil the meaning of Virgil is also the snake that eats its own tail. So maybe it it was successful in that it like participates in that process. Yeah. The just like cyclical you know logic, circular logic. Bridget I sort wants
3: of, to give an academic talk about it. I saw. That. Oh right, he, he
2: <laughs> that, was the, in that, way. that was the best reply. What if? What a like kind of hilarious like thing to say. Like to <laughs> to think that this is going to be the the subject of an academic talk. Now, which is academic. <laughs> academic talks are based on other work like that one does. Yeah. Like I, I also sort of, thought.
1: I also think it's really funny that like, in response to this this piece that is itself just completely circular and pointless i'm gonna get up and like yeah. give a give a circular speech
2: yeah um pretty awesome as, actually as okay does. i
1: changed my mind i'm into the whole thing yeah i <laughs> i super I, grateful for the whole experience
2: that's how i feel yeah. i'm happy that it's all happened uh, i'm happy that people got mad i'm happy that she said crazy things and that
1: gonna <laughs> give a talk and then she replied <laughs> the virtual's gonna give a talk and
2: she replied uh do it at the time center. time center yeah. oh time center. please
1: oh that's he not has, academic
0: yeah he's given talks at he's Harvard. gonna do it at fucking yeah he's gonna yeah, do it,
1: he's I mean, gonna do it at fucking uc berkeley he's gonna here. do it on, he's gonna do it on uh, corporate lunch
0: make it the, a times talk the title make a book is ever. like the carl lagerfeldification of virgil abloh <laughs> yeah and the virgil Abloification of carl lagerfeld which yeah. is like the name of every paper that i do.
1: all in quotes
0: which, yeah <laughs>
2: Well, she didn't. She didn't uh, spend too much time harping on the idea of like streetwear and Virgil bringing streetwear to the fashion world, which I was sort of grateful for.
1: What did she say? I don't really know. It's a good point. What (laughs) could somebody tell? I read it, but could somebody (laughs) tell me what she said? I don't think anyone can, including Virgil and including Vanessa Friedman.
2: Yeah.
0: I think you could tell she was like anticipating a lot of criticisms because it was a lot of like now I know they're yeah. really different in all these ways.
1: Well, she was also being careful not to not to uh, have it feel racist. Yeah, and I think she succeeded in that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, she was careful. The thing I wanted to kind of say is like as that Virgil since day one at Vuitton. This is kind of backing up, so maybe irrelevant or or uh, we've already gone here. But since day one, he his first show was about suits. Wasn't it a Vuitton show, in a big way?
0: Kind of. Like, didn't Kid Cudi the wear first, that suit?
2: I think it was like that ten kind or of like, twelve. It was looks the big suits, voluminous right? pant, and yeah. like, I just think it's a Dev, kind of like, yeah. Um, but it
1: was, yeah, it was kind of about color. But I know what yeah. you mean. Yeah.
2: And he really brought this. He did. A, it was a strong sneaker. Sneakers and bags. Baby. Sneakers based um, thing, which you know, Vuitton's an accessories brand. So there you have it. Um, uh, ba ba ba. Prada and Raf <laughs> Simmons.
0: <softer.
1: laughs> All right. Raph Simmons and, and Mucha Prada are now collaborators on Prada. Um I just need the I need Rachel to take the helm on this one.
0: Okay. Thoughts,
2: feelings? Co creative directors
1: is Having that what they spent are? having spent some time with
3: Muta herself recently. Yeah, having uh, truly.
0: her foot. Well, one of the things that struck me when I um was reading about this, like the kind of they gave an interview to Kathy Horn, which was like special. They like gave her a call before the press yeah. release or before the press conference. But muchia had talked a lot about how she hadn't done any collaborations because she finds that most of those kinds of projects are totally meaningless. Mm. Um, and you're just like two people who are like or two brands, two companies who are like put in a room together um, and kind of doing something in a really shallow way for a, like, you know, brief amount of time and this is a woman who I think you know most of her friends and sort of um, I would say like creative colleagues are in the art world so to her collaboration means like a totally different thing than it does for like Supreme and I'm not saying one is better than the other I'm just saying they mean like totally different things so it was it was interesting to um, to see her sort of talking about how she and Raph would work together and Raph is obviously Someone who um, has done collaborations with four before yeah. and like has had to compromise and doesn't like to compromise, and it was funny to see him talking about things in such a like sober and serious and like driven and excited way, and she was like so natural and sort yeah. of like yeah. we'll see where it takes us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we- I think it it kind of um, it set out this like really I think sort of exciting dynamic between the two of them, so I could sort of see how it might play out in exciting ways sorry go ahead
2: raf was the head of jill sander at the time that jill was owned by prada mm-hmm. Amundo. and do we know anything about if there was any uh creative collaboration between them at that time i mean it was there he was in milan right
0: well he hand or he was handpicked by Mr. and Mrs. Prada by uh, Mugia and her husband. So, like her
2: respect and admiration for her is a lot. It's mutual. Is a long-standing thing. They've both. Yeah. And they've done interviews and stuff before. Did Mm -hmm. they do? They did did a a joint interview with Sista. Like this is kind of a. a, It's not the most surprising thing in the world. um, I just in a sense
1: for me it it makes me really nervous. I think that. Prada has been really great recently. And I know they've been like working on figuring out the more the back end of the company and they've been having some success there. But the clothes have just been awesome. The nylon thing has been amazing. And uh, Mucha has just been killing it, which is Rachel was uh, interviewing Mucha because we made her designer of the year for 2019. And the reason it makes me nervous is they were at this press conference sort of talking about the beauty of collaboration and returning creativity to the forefront of fashion and sort of reacting to this era whereby, you know, the, the creative directors and designers have also been, um, Molly actually brought up at at corporate lunch last week, that conversation that she and I had about creative directors kind of being chief marketing officers. And so Mucha and Raf are like joining forces like against that movement and trying to show this like spirit of colla- of like pure creativity and collaboration. And Raf's had a quote where he was like, uh, until both of us agree on a move that we're making, right. then, then we won't do it. And I just am like, you're the, that this is the man who brought us like two, five, three, nine West 39th street, Calvin Klein <laughs> by Raf Simmons. oh7 yeah. And that's not a diss. I think creative, the, the, designers are like they need creative control like the best yeah fashion like fashion houses when they're at their peak are led by a really strong visionary designer and i think it's really there there was something that my concern i don't know i think it's really exciting that it's happening and as you know what we do is cover this stuff And so we get to see what happens, and no matter what happens, it'll be exciting for us. So I'm all in. I just it makes me nervous because I thought there was something that just felt a little naive about their the dream of their collaboration that they were putting forward. Yeah. But maybe they maybe they I have no idea what their relationship is like. I have no idea how the thing is going to be structured, which I I'm sure has been much more carefully figured out than than they were um,
0: articulating
1: in that press conference. But I just think like, how do two people who are used to creative, total creative control um, and are just like single minded visionaries come together and just be like, yeah, let's just figure it out together. I hope sh- I hope it can be true. It's like when Noah Rachel and I are trying to figure out where to go to lunch.
2: <laughs> yeah. As a long longstanding uh, co-creative director <laughs> of lunch. No, I mean, uh, I agree. A couple th- another thing um, is that I think Raph has been really good since he's been. Yeah. Uh, uh, fully independent or whatever, unbur- unburdened by a a day job, and I thought um, if he if he remained kind of focused on his own mind for a while, it could have gone really interesting places.
1: And I'm sure it still will. He's always um, always managed that. And then it is interesting that like the fashion community and the culture and Raph himself seems to always want raf to be doing something yeah. more than just making Raph simmons yeah like yeah. it's just not not good enough Why did, like, yeah he should just he launch
2: keeps, women's and like blow it the fuck up well
1: it's it's like it, it, it's like well he can always just go back to raf Simmons. and everyone's like well it didn't work out but it doesn't matter because he can go back to being raf simmons which is amazing yeah and then it's like you know 18 months go by and it's and like now he's, no, he's got to try something else
2: yeah, he he should model—not him not model himself, but like if he if he did took the the Rick Owens career path, which is just mm-hmm. like all in on your world and brand, grow it. I mean, you know, g- grow a commercial business out of it, g- have amazing shows. I don't know, but maybe maybe Rick should. That's go, really like, interesting. M- Rick I should go why... run Versace or something.
1: Whoa! Wow! Yeah, Gauntlet Throne. <laughs> <be amazing>. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, could there be? I mean, I think the Rick thing is different because there is women's wear. Yeah. Um, which is just bigger business. Huge but
2: piece of business.
1: Could could there have been Ralph Simmons stores in every major city the way there are Rick Owen stores? And Rick's track house, trap house is generally jumping. Well. I don't know.
2: Another thing I thought, and I don't know, at, when the Ralph to Prada rumors began, no one knew what to make of it. Like, will Mucha, will Mrs. Prada retire? Will it be... Um, what will it be? How will it work? And I thought this is like too small for Raph, but it's like they should make him head of knitwear. Yeah, he's the he's the <laughs> knit master. Just like this is our new head of knitwear, Raph Simmons, and he's just Got like a little office. What? Yeah, exactly. He's like <laughs> one of the uh, part of the design team. That's sort of a Raf diss. I tr- I do believe that he's uh his vision is bigger than that. But like
0: could
2: that's that's his expertise. It could have been really <laughs> but sick. But maybe
1: that will, like will be a big part of what he does.
2: Yeah. Well, Mucha's also a master of knits, so one one thing they'll they're gonna make the most powerful knits on the planet, that's for sure.
3: One thing Rachel and I confirmed yesterday, um, is that for, for all the Muta heads out there, Mucha's last solo show will be men's
0: Spring Spring twenty twenty one. So
3: in June. in June so the June Prada men's show will be just Mutia does Even though
0: Raf starts on April 2nd. It's fascinating. I love that yeah. we and know. Then, like, Raf starts on April 2nd, 9 a.m., he'll be there at the Milan office HR, getting his ID card. Yeah, yeah his just,
1: card is yeah. going to let him right in. He's yeah. going
2: to get his, his email
0: be turned He's on. He's going
3: to sit in orientation for about four hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh,
2: Raf uh, underscore Simmons at
0: I, Prada I was going to
1: say, Raf at Prada.com <laughs> is a hard email address. <laughs>
0: and then email. he at the end, he has to go down the REM cool Or it's not a REM, it's a Carson Haller slide <laughs> that <laughs> that like that goes out of her office.
3: Um, but so he's he's only his first, you know, like a collection will be the women's. Um, that's interesting women's spring because 2021 that like shows in September
1: timing
2: so, wise. Don't we kind of know that that spring show hasn't been designed yet? Like that's the way yeah. it works,
1: right? Yeah. What's also weird is that Muta's men's and women's shows are always like deeply connected.
2: They
3: always you know? speak to each other. And yeah. so there's
1: going to be men's goes first. And men's uh, goes yeah. first. So there's going to be a men's show that's just mucha that traditionally would have been very connected to the women's show but now that will be the launch of prof prafta prafta
0: yeah prafta, yeah,
3: prafta. Yeah, it'll be cool though because i mean prafta. maybe in some way it'll sort of set up like a, a really direct comparison to to sort of see what Raf's contribution will be
0: yeah i i've been i don't know if you guys have heard this but i've heard that they've sort of been like Working on each other's collections for a while, or at least he's been contributing to her collections. Really, that would make sense for the yeah. past like. I mean, a lot three of three seasons.
3: Someone I forget who tweeted this um, after the men's uh, most recent men's Prada show. Like, does anyone else think that Raf's consulting on this?
0: Oh yeah, Emma Hope, Emma All Hope Allwood, Allwood from Days. Um, yeah,
3: and I think that that was I think that that was articulated like absent any sort of rumor. Mm-hmm. Um, it did look very. Raph simmons to me as well. But they did, they, they said, that someone asked them that at the press conference whether they had, whether Raph had been consulting
2: and they said no. So oh. make of that what you well, want. they can say whatever they want and we can believe what, what, whatever we want and we can perpetuate rumors on corporate lunch
1: till the cows come home. It's going to be fascinating. I'll, I'll say that.
0: I also think it's cool that there were all of these rumors that um, Prada was going to be sold to a conglomerate. Yep. And yeah. Brian Boy had even done like a poll where he's like, What do you guys think this press conference is about in an hour? And the majority of people, I think, had said that LVMH was going to buy Prada. But it's really cool that there were a lot of people who were thinking that morning like oh there's going to be this announcement that like prada is like being sold to a big corporate conglomeration who knows what that means and instead they were like we're doubling down on creativity (laughs) creativity. more
2: independent Prada. i mean it's cool that they're doing something that no one's ever done before
1: right it the idea is very very cool it will be awesome if it can work i think it would do what they're saying it could do if it works yeah be like a a re-emphasis on like creativity and collaboration and it's almost like Two truly creative people outside of like the, the way that business can interrupt and interfere with everything can come together and do something that, you know, you might think that they can't.
2: 13 Vibes, Thirteen vibes <makes noise> the not-so-fast lightning round. The 84th edition of the not-so-fast lightning round of things that uh, we like and enjoy and use and just uh, need to function as humans. Um, shall I start?
1: Yeah, fire it
2: up. First vibe, uh, new album by The Men. You guys ever listen to The Men? (laughs) (laughs) No. The Men, they're a band that's been around for a long time. They're sort of like a post-hardcore band that um, just put out their eighth album. I took notes. Eight albums in 10 years. They've been around. They're a Brooklyn band. But the new one is um, kind of like uh, stylistically a bit. It goes all over the place and there's a lot of kind of country rock on it and a lot of like weird aggression a lot of good guitar solos also really into guitar solos lately yeah. <laughs> amazing um <laughs> and um
1: that's so funny
2: but the first song is this song called cool water which is this sort of like country rock like very soothing sort of like gospel like song that i'm just listening to is it on
0: replacements cover
2: I don't think so, but they sound a lot like The Replacements. I believe I don't think it's There's a Replacements cover. a great Replacements But this album re- reminds me of really good Replacements. It also reminds me of um, one of my favorite albums, The Meadowlands by The Wrens. Uh, or Meadowlands by The Wrens. Anyway, people keep saying rock is dead, but I'm I'm kind of all in on rock right now. I guess people don't keep saying that, but it's been in the air. That's my vibe, Rachel
0: metal straws. Wow, <laughs> oh, man. Do wow, they feel guys.
1: weird on your teeth?
0: You get used to it. Okay. You get used to it. The, so, I've been trying to drink 3 glasses of ice water every morning cuz right. it just seems like, I don't know, like hmm. something a real man would do. Yeah. Is it like
2: a Wim Hof thing? Do you sit in a pile of <laughs> snow? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but it like the, it uh it really the metal straw becomes cold itself, which mm-hmm. makes like the experience of drinking this cold water like sort of more spiritual, um, which is nice. You could listen to the song Cool Water yeah, by you the could men listen while you exactly. drink your cold water. Exactly. This is a pants and water podcast. That's <laughs> what it really is.
1: An Ayurvedic person would tell you to remove the ice.
2: Yeah. It's too cold yeah. for your metabolism or for your.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to drink ice cold water.
2: Some people drink a big glass of warm water every morning. I think stick yeah. with what works for you because it's really about totally. I mean,
1: what I I'm not trying to diminish your vibe, <laughs> I'm not trying to, like, uh, correct your don't vibe. Don't doubt if it's my vibing vibe in out, the words
0: of Elon Musk. Yeah. Sam?
1: Or in the words of Kendrick Lamar, Will, don't kill my vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, my vibe is...
3: Aaron Lee Tastjen. Wow. Great vibe. So, wow. <laughs> nep- that? Nepotism vibe. Nep- this is a big nepotism vibe. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: Huge. We love a nepotism vibe at GQ. Yeah, I just
3: came right. across this guy on Spotify. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, last night, Rachel's older brother played uh, a, a show at Rockwood Music Hall in New York. And Rachel and I went um, with a little crew. And three things. Aaron has an amazing haircut, yeah. um, which runs in the family. He gave, and he, he said, did
0: it
1: himself. Also, yeah, also just a foundational element of rock and roll. Yeah, you need absolutely. guitar, bass, yeah. drums, and good haircuts. <laughs> yeah.
3: And he said something. He he sort of went off on these really funny and charming interludes between a few songs. And one of them was about how you can't cover the Beatles if you have a bad haircut. Yeah, <laughs> um, gospel. Two gets fits off. Mm-hmm. Had an amazing outfit on last night. Um, he was wearing a tie. Uh, and what I assumed was a vintage blazer Mm -hmm. um, and like an untucked white shirt and these striped black and white
2: pants. It was really sick. Probably all vintage. Does he wear vintage basically He mostly wears
0: vintage, but he's obsessed with Saint Laurent, so he just looks through the runways and then recreates those looks.
2: Um,
3: And then three, he's got got bars. The songs were amazing. Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, He plays guitar,
2: yeah, and Mm -hmm. sing? Any Mm -hmm. solo? Did he do any guitar solos last night? He
0: did. Well, this was an acoustic show. He usually Uh, plays with a band. Yeah. He did um, a few songs on the piano, people. too,
3: which were beautiful,
0: Yeah.
3: Um, and he has like a couple you know he he structured the set in this really fun way. I mean, he took a lot of requests, but he played a couple like kind of funny songs to like get the audience going, and mm-hmm. then he just like launched into some real tear jerkers um, that I, made me be like
1: Fuck one of the Ryan great Adams. things about the <laughs> one of the great things about the vibing format is Sam, while talking about Rachel's brother, just revealed so much about himself <laughs> he went hair. Fit music,
3: yeah. In in his review
1: of a concert, in order, (laughs) it was amazing. Um, uh, my vibe is last week's episode of Corporate Lunch, featuring Molly Beth Young at Magic Molly. Um, I, I, I listened to it in the gym two mornings ago, and it was just really good. I also feel compelled to come clean. I'm the one who said parallel paths. Oh no. no, it was me. It was me. Ugh. I knew Noah, that, but I didn't want to. Noah, Noah, on, prot- Noah, Noah protected my identity, but let me tell you, I got nothing to hide. This is corporate lunch. <laughs> this is corporate lunch. <sighs>
2: um, the next vibe is, um, since we all know that style is a journey and not a destination, it's, it's the awkward uh, in-between haircut phase, which I want to call for everyone to embrace and enjoy while you have it. Don't rush to the next haircut. While wow, the
1: vibe is the weird in between phase. Yeah, love it.
2: Don't don't um, just think about the hair you're going to have when it finally grows out, or the hair you're going to have when you finally, you know, when your um, stylist gets back from Paris and finally can make time for you. Uh, just enjoy it. I'm saying this because I'm in the middle of it. I don't really. My hair is like a big weird helmet. Um, I do think you have to keep it, you like for those with hairy necks, you do have to keep the neck shorn, uh, which you can do, which you can do yourself for the most part. And, um, that's the one thing and the beard trim, like those basics, but otherwise like don't be the one who's like, Oh, I'm just growing it out. And my hair's so awkward right now. Be like growing my hair out and it's weird and cool right now.
1: Fully occupy. Interesting vibe. Novel. Cool vibe.
0: Own the ambiguity.
2: Thanks. Thanks, Will. Rachel, can you back it up with something um, that's actually cool?
0: Marine Serre. Yeah, she's just definitely. That's cool. my vibe. Um, awesome collection. Lots of menswear this season, which is exciting. Shown I mean, in Paris just shown in yesterday Paris. or something? Yeah, yeah. I think yesterday the day before. But what I really like about Maureen Sarah is like her whole thing is about like the future and the apocalypse, which like a lot of people are sort of doing that thing yeah. right now because you, you can't really help it. We're in the middle of it. But there's something really like optimistic about what she's doing. Um, because one, because it's like just in the materials that she uses, like this collection was 50% upcycled materials, which was really cool. And that's something that she's like done since the beginning, but she does it in this like, almost like at this couture level of like draping and cutting these like sort of difficult and strange fabrics um and she just had like the stuff like looks really cool I mean it looks like futuristic but it doesn't like I feel like we still have this sense that like oh the future like flying cars like when we think of the future we still think of like the 50s or like the 60s or even like the early 70s but like her clothes look sort of like like there's some Cardin sort of vibe like mm-hmm. suiting vibes in there, but then there's also like weird gotier, but it's like all mixed together in this like totally inventive way. She
2: should do wardrobe for like a fifth element reboot. Yeah, totally. Nice. <laughs> totally. <laughs>
3: Woodwatch. Um my vibe is Drive to Survive, the Netflix um documentary series about Formula One.
1: Ooh. Um
3: the second season two is coming out on it's coming out tomorrow, so I haven't seen it yet, but season one, um, each episode is about a different driver or owner or team in formula one, which is the world's, uh, probably the world's most expensive and political, uh, and dangerous sport. Um, and it's just a really super well done. But um, is it about
1: contemporary formula? One? Yeah, it's about, so oh, they, they, they,
3: they, embedded with, uh, I think five different teams. On, it's like last
1: chance of you, but all the way different. Yeah. Yeah. Basically.
3: <laughs> um, and, the interesting part about the, about season one was that Ferrari and Mercedes, the top two teams, didn't give Netflix access. So it was about the sort of the rest of the pack. Um, which and Formula One is dominated by the top by Ferrari and, and Mercedes. Um, did the access
1: change for season two?
3: It did. So uh, so the whole thing with season two is that ever is that they're now we're full in. access to Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc and 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 all these guys. But season one was still incredible because it's the the real action um in the 2018 season was in the middle of the pack was everyone jockeying for like third and fourth place Mm. um and that and and you know the owner of a team gets gets arrested for you know embezzling like a billion dollars or whatever and uh there's all kinds of like bizarre intrigue that happens behind the scenes and it's um the owner gets arrested
2: during the making of the show
3: yeah um the 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 previous owner <laughs> force india um and uh you know drivers are making moves from team to team and there's all this you know anyway it's really good what's and it I called and i think
1: season drive to survive that's a great Damn, name it's my motto yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've i actually have that tattooed <laughs> um uh i have a kind of relationship oriented vibe hmm. um i travel a lot but then when i've been home i got into this weird rut of like getting home from work like hanging out with my wife a little bit and then either she would go to bed and i would watch tv or we would both watch tv and then she would go to bed and i would watch more tv (laughs) and it i it just started feeling so like empty and i got this really like existential groundhog day feeling of just like go to work go home like feed 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 the machine like put food in mouth yeah like zonk in front of television go to bed get up do it again and just feeling like like just shitty and stuck and uh what has freed me from this cycle is like yesterday I got home first and I was watching TV with the cats which can be very relaxing and satisfying sure. and then my wife got home and I just turned on the TV and she sat on the couch and we sat there for like I don't know, two hours and talked. Yeah. You
3: turned off the TV.
1: Turned off the TV and just sat and like marinated with family, which yeah. is wife and cats. And, um, you know, there can just, I mean, speaking of corporateness, there can just be something like that Groundhog Day feeling of having a desk job. Yeah. Where you like work, go home, get up do it all over again. sometimes you're just like i gotta i really gotta like get up and do the whole fucking shower thing again <laughs> today like that whole routine um but i found uh i have found glory in togetherness of late and that is my vibe that's a nice one
2: um should we do another round or should i end i have one to end on unless we want to keep going shut it down man all right, I'm gonna do a really quick yoga vibe. You guys know I love the yoga. Yes. I I've, I never shared with you one of I've my. Actually,
1: was the other day. I don't know what caused this. I was wondering what's going on with your yoga. I
2: took. I had. Uh, it's true. I it's dead true. I ate massive shit last August and sprained both of my wrists skateboarding. So I took a long time off yoga, but I've been back as of January.
3: Is there a footy of that? Uh...
2: There isn't. Ugh, it it damn. wouldn't have been cool anyway. I just. Like fell off a wall on my face. (laughs) That (laughs) Um, sounds awesome. (laughs) But uh, I want to share my favorite um, yoga pose that anyone can do. It's very easy. Uh, uh, All you need is a yoga block, which if you don't own one, you should have one. And you put it on its lowest setting, which is on its widest face. And then you uh, lay down on your back and you slide it underneath uh, so it sits on your sacrum. Do you know what your sacrum is? It's sort of a yoga term for your the lowest part of your back, like where your tailbone is, just before your butt Lower cheeks. lumbar. Yeah, lower lumbar, and you just lay down over it so your 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 sacrum is on the block, your shoulders and head are on the ground, and your and then you just stretch your feet out straight. So you're just sort of like forming a subtle arc on the ground.
1: And like mega supported by block.
2: Yeah, and you just lay there like that, and you can do two blocks too if you're flexible enough. But it's a it's just a lower back stretch. It kind of opens up your abdomen too and uh, you can lay there as long as you want and it feels incredible. I do it every day for, I mean, in yoga, but I, I, I go home and do it for like long periods of time.
1: What's a long period of time? Are you talking like three minutes or like 20?
2: Um, probably not 20, but 10-ish, yeah. Sick. With one block, you can do it for a long time. With two blocks, not more than five minutes, probably.
1: I'm a big fan of pigeon pose. Whenever I do pigeon pose, like snakes, spiders, and bats like come out of my hips.
2: Yeah, that's an amazing, yeah, yeah. that's that, that that one goes deep. So uh, thanks for going deep with us here. Will, thanks for coming back.
1: It's an honor and a damn pleasure. Uh,
2: 84, you know the drill. Uh, Subscribe, tell a friend, write a review, DM Sam Hine, the first thing that goes through your head when you get dressed in the morning.